question for you. What one thing in your life, if you lost it, forever gone, would mean that you almost lose the desire to keep on living? What one thing, if was removed, if it was removed from your life, would cause you to almost give up your worth or sense of worth of living? Let's put it another way. What one thing, if you lost it, would drain almost all the significance and value out of your life? And lastly, what one thing or person, if you lost it, would lead you to say, I lost everything? What one thing or person do you value, do you love, do you cherish, do you sacrifice so much for in your life? The answer to any of those questions, other than God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, any other answer to that, the Bible says that that is an idol. So as you can see, this series is going to be very uplifting. But in all sincerity... The desire of this series at the end is that it would be uplifting because the idols that hinder our spiritual growth, that hinder the the growth and things that ultimately matter are going to start to come in alignment and you may have the chance to live life like you never lived before because that's how God designed life, to be lived with Christ at the very center of living. And if you're not living a life like that, friends, may I encourage you to tell you that you probably haven't experienced life, life that Jesus Christ came over 2,000 years ago to die for us for. That is the kind of life God desires us to live with Jesus at the center of it. And so all throughout scriptures, this four-week series We're going to look at Scripture, and I think if you even look around you here in Blanchester, the surrounding communities, our country, and even our world, I think that we can all agree on one thing, that the human heart is so susceptible to idols, all the way back to the fall in Genesis, to all the way through the Bible, we see that we have an idol problem. And I think we could even agree with Tim Keller, who is the author of the book, which I encourage you to get. I usually don't promote a lot of books from the pulpit, but it's called Counterfeit Gods. And that's what we base this series off of, is his book called Counterfeit Gods. And Tim Keller in his book says this. He says, the human heart is what he calls an idol factory. Just look at your heart this morning. I think if we looked honestly, we could agree that, wow, if not guarded and not protected, 
my heart truly can be an idol factory. And growing up, I grew up in the church. I gave my life to Jesus at the age of seven and was baptized. I knew Jesus was my savior. But I tell you what, I was so misguided. I, I just, I was confused. And I allowed idols to lead and drive me and my decisions and my actions. And of course, then in result, my consequences were not God-centered, but idol-centered. But growing up, I thought an idol was what the Old Testament referred to as some sort of statue carved out of wood or metal or even gold that couldn't speak. The Bible says doesn't have eyes, ears, doesn't have a soul. That's what I thought an idol was. And you look at the Old Testament and you see people literally sacrificing their own children to these idols, to these gods, sacrificing everything, surrounding and centering their life around this specific idol or in many religions of worship, hundreds and thousands of idols. However, I want to encourage us to look further on than just other religions rather than Christianity and just the Old Testament. I think if we looked around us today, and if we were honest enough, and we look around, even in our neighborhoods and even in our own backyard, we would see that this place is filled with idols. And we're going to define that in a moment as we open up the series today. But I want to go even one step forward, one step further, and challenge you to look sincerely in the mirror and look at yourself and look deeply and honestly and ask God to open your eyes to the very own idols that are in your life that you are living for. And church, I want to present to you during this series that we do not have an idol problem. We have a heart problem. The Bible is very clear about this, that our hearts are deceptive. They lead us astray. And this series is all about laying our own hearts down on God's operating table and allowing Him to go deep enough to show us what idols we have allowed room and board in our lives. We've given attention to and We may have even some of those idols given the highest place of honor in our lives. And this is going to be hard for some of us because it's not easy. Why is it not easy? It's because we have invested so much into these idols We have poured out all of our time and our energy and our resources and our worship to these things in our lives. And so it's not going to be easy to lay it down. And I don't think God promises that it's easy to lay down. But he does promise that nothing is impossible for him. And that he will never leave us or forsake us. And when we make him the centermost part of our lives, he promises to give us life to the fullest. That we would be what the scripture says, more than conquerors in Christ, overcomers. And may I challenge you, the idols in your life today, 
as we continue to dissect and kind of process through these, these next four weeks, I guarantee you that they will not fully satisfy. They will disappoint you every time and they will break your hearts. And that's why Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. That is the only way to have full life. So before we dig deep into the three points today, I want to challenge you to come here every Sunday the next four weeks. And if you can't be here, that you would check in on live stream. Hello to those who are checking in today. This is so radically important. If we want to be a church that models what Jesus is talking about. Jesus said that all the world will know that you are my followers by your love for one another. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even step outside of my notes here for a minute. Do you know the greatest commandment of all? Because we're going to step inside Exodus 20 in a moment. Where the Moses covenant and the law, the Levitical law, all these hundreds and hundreds of laws that God put forth to man. And then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father through the law anymore. Only by me. Jesus. And then he gave us a command before he left this earth and he said, one command I leave you. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, body and soul. And he didn't say, and another one. It's really kind of all together and like it, love your brother and sister like I have loved you. Why do I say that in this series? It's because what idols do is they prevent us from absolutely loving God the Father and loving others as Christ has loved us. And if we don't love God and love others like Christ loves himself, we are probably loving idols in our lives. And we're robbing God and others of that love. And so if you would just real quick bow your heads with me. I'd like to just silence our hearts for a minute. And I know in my heart, church, I have idols that I have allowed to be built in my heart that has kept me from fully desiring And fully running after God with everything. And I want you to hear me. That I am committed this series and beyond. To lay it at the altar of the cross. And make Jesus my only ultimate desire and love. And I pray. I pray with all my heart. And I pray with you. Pray for you daily. That you would follow that lead. And so God I just bow down before you. I surrender. All of my sin and all of my idols. That I have put in your place. And I pray as we go through scripture. And as we go through this series. Holy Spirit that you would open our eyes. Fully. 
to see the idols that we've placed in our lives that we'll never be able to satisfy, that we'll never be able to fulfill the longing of our hearts. Only you, Jesus, can take that rightful place. And only you, who knew no sin, became our sin, so that we may be the righteousness of God and have relationship with God. Only you, Father, can fill that void that we fill with so many other things. And we ask, God, that you would come and be pleased with our hearts of surrender. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This series, again, is all about, and I want to reiterate this. If you're taking notes, please write this down. This series is all about laying our hearts down before the Lord so that he would show us what in our lives is causing idolatry and taking God's rightful place. The only thing that will reveal that is God's word and his Holy Spirit. And you see, these idols, this is a dangerous, serious deal. I'm not just talking about just a spiritual principle that you just don't experience, that's just out there in in the universe, out there in cyberspace, right? This is an issue that we face every moment and every single day. And if we're not careful, we're going to continue to take God off the throne of our lives And if we do that, we are going to experience spiritual heart disease, which many in this room are experiencing. We will start to experience, if we're not already experiencing it, spiritual blockage. Spiritual blockage from our relationship with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Which then leads to heart failure. Spiritual blockage. Heart failure. We have a problem. And it's a heart problem. And it's allowing idols to live in our hearts. And so let's look at the problem. Again, let's define what idolatry is. Let's define what an idol is. Here it is. Anything so central and essential to your life, should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. That is an idol. It is a thing or a person that you love more than God or rest in more than God. An idol is any, anything more fundamental More important than God to the meaning and the worth and the value of your life and your identity. These things, these idols can be good things that God has given us and blessed us with. But he never said that they should take the rightful central place of our lives. Careers. Family. Next week, we're going to dive into the very idols that we ourselves are facing. Careers, families, 
children. Yes, I even said families and children. Aren't they supposed to be our world, our center place, our everything? No. They're not. They're not. They're supposed to be high up in your priority of your life. But if it gets above God, it gets out of place. How often do we catch ourselves saying, man, this thing, if I have it, would bring fulfillment to my life. That's an idol. What about politics? What about your spouse? What about power? It's getting quieter by the minute. What about financial security? What about sex? What about success and acceptance? If these take the rightful place of your life, that if they were removed from your life, would cause you to fight the will to move on, you probably have an idol. And so the problem is we have idols. So do a quick inventory. I know this is fun, right? Do a quick inventory, and I have done this myself this week. What in your life would you say, if I have that in my life, in the central place of my life, then I'll be happy? If we were out of debt, if only we were out of debt, then we can give to the ministry. Then we can give to everybody. Then we can be content. If my child was in every sport that they want to be in, and they're happy and content, then we will be happy and content. I feel a crunch. I just stepped on some toes. If my boss would simply be a regular human being and actually give kindness and attention, my work would be so much more enjoyable. If only we had a brand new car, we would be much more content. If only every seat in the sanctuary was filled, I would be a successful pastor. If only. If only, if only. Do you see how those things just strip God from being our number one priority? And then we wonder why the towers that we build in our lives come tumbling down. I want to take you to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn to that? If you have your phones please turn to that. If you don't have the Elevation Community app on your phone, please download that. That's, it, that's free for you. 
and there's a Bible app on there for you. As you're turning or scrolling or looking to the screen, I just want to set up what's happening here. The Israelites arrived and camped at the base of this mountain called Mount Sinai. And this is where God gives Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. And this is right around, uh, theologians say, right around three months after God split the Red Sea and delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians. And so here's the Israelites wrestling already with other gods in their lives. They've just been delivered. God did an absolute incredible miracle, and now they're starting to doubt their deliverance and go to different idols and things to fulfill their longing and their desires and their dreams. And God calls Moses up to the mountain on behalf of the Israelites, and he says this, you shall not bow down to them. Actually, I'm going to go back. I think... uh, Thank you. And God spoke all these words to Moses saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You, commandment one, shall not have, or you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity, the sins of the fathers of the children to the third and fourth generations. What he's saying is, parents, pay attention to the idols in your life, because the idols in your life are going to eventually become the idols in your children and your grandchildren's lives. Now it's serious. It's not just about you, but your generations to come. And it says, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Did you catch that for a minute, the last part? That all of this, all these commandments, all these laws are due to one thing. What would you say that one thing is? Probably the first thing we think of sin, right? It's not. The law does reveal our sinful hearts. But the law that God set forth through Moses on the Mount of Sinai is all about his radical love for us. Say, what? I promise. If you look at God's character, you will see that. And before we go forth and identifying our idols and laying them before God, removing them, crumbling them, crushing them so that they don't have control in our lives, we have to understand why God gave us that command. And so that leads us to point number two, which is having the proper perspective. 
How many times have you looked at Exodus 20 and just thought, wow, that's harsh. A jealous God. He just wants to put demands in our lives. He knows we're going to mess it up. And yet he says, you better do this. You better obey me. How many of you grew up in the church thinking that God was ready just to pound you like that game whack-a-mole? He was just waiting and ready for one act of disobedience. He was just going to obliterate you. Well, I have to tell you, you're still here. That's not the character of God. Well, maybe I shouldn't come to church because you know what? I've done some stupid stuff. And you know what? Me and my family, we have gotten away from God and our faith. And we just, we don't want to come to church because we're going to feel like we've really missed it. You may have missed it, the blessings, but God's mercies are new every day. So if you've missed it the last couple months, the last couple years, jump right on in because God's mercies are new and new and new. Getting off script again. Come on, Phil. So proper perspective. If we don't have the proper perspective of God's character going into this scripture, we are going to come away with some twisted theology of who God is and why we have the commandments. God's characteristic all through scripture is love, love, love. And guys, in the ultimate theologian, Christian theologian, Tina Turner What's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. Because if God did not have unconditional love, we'd be screwed. We would be really stuck. And eternity for all of us would be awful, would be hell. If we don't look at God's commandments for our lives through the lens of God's heart, then we're going to have the tendency, listen, because I know some of you are, are here, I've been here, so I know, and this will distort your walk. And your understanding of scriptures, if you don't understand this, if you don't have the right perspective, you are going to have the tendency to see God as this irrational, selfish, jealous, uncaring, demanding, wrathful God. Yes, he does have wrath against sin, but he has love and mercy that he is extending to all of us for a certain amount of time until Jesus comes again to deal with Sin. For instance, parents, just to understand this a little bit. You may have found, many of you are farther along in your parenthood than I am. You may have found that uh, your kids probably see you sometimes as a monster. (laughs) Mom and dad are so unfair. (laughs) Do you remember that? Oh, man, I remember. Oh, I remember my mom (laughs) and my dad disciplining me. And I just thought they were horrible people. 
I don't anymore. How many of you would do whatever you could to preserve the safety, the provision, the health, the vitality of your children? But they don't always see it like that. Teens. And what you have to do is you have to sit down with them and you have to say, son, princess, son, daughter, mom and dad, we love you. You have no idea how much we love you. My DNA and your mama's DNA is in you. You know how incredibly made you are? That the father of all creation decided to put you and create you in your mama's belly? That's pretty incredible. And we would do anything for you, son. We would do anything for you, daughter. But you have to understand that we have a high standard for you because we don't want you to be hurt. We want you to be successful. We want you to get out of life everything that God has for you. But what happens when they go to school and they bully another kid? And they do something that's totally out of character that you would expect for your child. Now, we live in a culture where a lot of parents would do nothing. Which might be a form of idolatry, but I'm not going there. Hopefully... Any parent wanting to look at Scripture and raise their kids, as Scripture would say, in discipline out of love, you are going to correct that behavior, correct? And you're going to set standards with your kids, parents of teenagers. You're going to set curfews for your kid, whether or not they're at the lock-in or not. (laughs) Here at church, you're going to set a curfew because you want to know where your child is. Is because you care and love for your child. What's happening here on the Mount of Sinai is God, the Father, is doing the same thing. Out of his radical love for us, he's saying, I love you. And I'm even going to, in a couple thousands of years, I am going to give you my only begotten son to lay his life down on the altar and take your place that you will never be able to fulfill because I want you with me. That's why I created you. But you have to know, child, children, that I am the only thing that will ever fulfill your deepest needs. God knows that everything on earth in the fallen state will never satisfy, will never fulfill that longing that only God can fulfill. So what is God going to do? He's going to say, so because of my love for you, and because I know that idols will disappoint you and break your heart every time, keep me first. Keep me first. I am the only one that will never fail you and never disappoint me. But if you don't keep me first and you put other things in your lives, you will miss it and you will end up disappointed And discouraged. Do you realize the salvation 
through Jesus Christ is absolutely free. There's nothing you have to do to earn it. You don't have to be a good person because there really are no good people because we've all fallen short and we've sinned. But to follow Christ, to follow Christ will cost you everything. Would you agree that we live in a world, this hasn't changed for thousands of years, we live in a world where people have accepted the free gift of salvation, but they're not willing to die and lay down everything for Christ. And we wonder why we're not seeing the church move like we see in Acts in the New Testament, right? It's because we've got so many idols in our lives. And Jesus Christ is just this thing that has given us salvation into eternity and just this Sunday to Sunday thing. And I've been convicted about this the last couple of weeks. And I want you to pray as a church. If you call Elevation Community Church your home, I want you to pray for me and the leaders of this church because we're very discontent about the state of discipleship in the Christian realm. Where discipleship is only viewed now as coming to church on Sunday and worshiping and then going forth and leaving no impact at all. That's why God said, thou shall have no other gods before me. It's because he understands what it does to his children. It breaks them down and it breaks them apart. I hope these words are ministering to your hearts because this this is a big deal. This is a big deal. You want something to rob your Christian faith and your impact and your legacy to your kids and to the people in this community? Just continue living with all these different idols driving your life. Because it will rob you of every spiritual blessing that the God the Father has given you in Jesus Christ. Not wanting to give you every spiritual blessing. He's given you already his spiritual blessings. And that's why Jesus cried out all the time, abide in me. Abide in me. The Greek word for abide means to remain. In order for Jesus to be the center of our lives, he needs to remain on the throne of our hearts. To remain. To abide in him. And see, here's the thing, guys. Here's a review. An idol is anything you love more than God. And it will rob you of the spiritual joy and blessings of relationship with him. An idol always takes. It never gives. It will always disappoint. It will always overpromise and underdeliver. And what idols do is we make good things God things. Did you hear me? We make good things God things. And then we go on to despair and Some of us even blame God for that despair. Idols will always break our heart. 
And so in closing, we need to look at the diagnosis as we go into this series. And I hope you all come next Sunday because as difficult as it may be, this is one thing that if we release it to the Lord and we surrender it and lay it down, your life can be so filled with abundant joy and freedom and peace and liberty and victory. And so you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth the pain to address what's in my life so that I can lay it down and be free from that pain? You see, we have a problem in our hearts. And it's called disordered love. What I mean by that is what ought to be the first and above all loves is usually then placed third, fourth, or fifth. And then something else that it's good to love, like maybe our career, maybe our children, maybe entertainment, maybe wealth. It's not bad to love those things. But if they take the number one place on the ladder, that is called disordered love. Let me give you one example. If your career is ahead of your family and your children, you have disordered love. And if you don't think you do, just talk to your children. And they will tell you, mommy or daddy, I miss you, and I never know when you're going to be home. And when you're home, you're on your phone, another idol, or you're on your computer, another idol, and you're working, and there's no relationship. That's disordered love. Is when career is above what you should be loving second underneath God is your family. And may I say this, church? I've already stepped on toes. We look at the Old Testament and we look at other religions that have sacrificed their own children for the idols that they worship. But let's look at our society. Can we look at our corporate ladder? You all, I mean, look, look at our schedules. Look at work. It's demanding. Many companies expect your life on that contract. We are committing child sacrifice in 2017 by putting career above family. It's because we're sacrificing the well-being and the value and the worth of our children. And we're not telling our children that they are more valuable than our career. And can I even say this? If God is the number one in your life, I promise you he won't let you sacrifice your children for career. And so if you're sacrificing your children for an idol called career, you may want to check what you're truly worshiping in the highest place of your life. Would you bow your heads this morning? I think of the song that we just sang. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one.
our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Is he really? Is he really? I'm not trying to bring condemnation, guilt, or shame on anyone's life because if you sat down and talked with me, you you would see some very own idols in my own heart that I need to lay down and that I wrestle with daily. And so I want you to know that you're not alone. Your pastor struggles with idolatry. But the key is, church, for today especially and throughout this week, is to begin to have the perspective that God loves you more than your finite mind would ever be able to comprehend. And He knows how idols will destroy your life. And He's giving a call this morning to all of us who hear that call to put Him back as the centermost thing in your life. And when you find that place where Jesus, He is all that you want, He is all that you need, He is your everything, when you find that place, friends, you can love your children like you've never loved them before. You can love your neighbor like Jesus loves you. You can love your wife and love her like Jesus loves the church and never have an idle problem with that because you're loving her out of the love that Jesus has given you. Wives, when your children and your husband and other things aren't on the throne of your heart, you're able to say, King Jesus lead everything this day my children's lives are out of my hands they're up to you give me wisdom and teach me to lead my kids to know you here's the thing if you want your kids to know you make Jesus everything in your life you want your neighbors to know you make Jesus everything in your life kids as you go back to school in a week or two and you want your kids to you want your friends to see something different in you, make Jesus your everything. Because that means every other idol that wants to take that place has to bow. And that's when good things become things that we can delight in because God wants to give us good things, but they don't become idols. So Father, we just lay down our hearts before you and we surrender, God. And I pray as we go forth and worship that people would deal with you, whether it's getting out of their seat and coming to the stage and bowing before you, raising their hands and surrender, singing out, crying out to you, God, would you come in a mighty way? And would you give us the freedom as we lay down these things that have driven us and taken you out of your throne? Lord, we surrender. Now come and have your way.